It's time for Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates on Legends 100.3. Brought to you by the Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach. Call for your tour today, 561-471-8876, or visit HippocratesHealthInstitute.org. Now here are the hosts of Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates, Anna Maria and Brian Clement. This is Health, Happiness, and Healing with Anna Maria. Brian Clement from Hippocrates Health Institute. Uh, We're talking to you today from the heart of South Florida, Palm Beach County. And it's always wonderful to introduce to you all over the world people who are at the cutting edge of healthcare and science and other avenues of life. Today, all the way from Pasadena, Los Angeles area of California, Dr. Tostado. And Dr. Tostado was practicing what we call uh, conventional or mainstream medicine, and somehow saw the light. He's going to let us know how he saw that light. <laughs> and he, he basically has been certified as an anti-aging doctor. Any of you out there want to stop aging? This is the time to listen to us today. And he's into regenerative medicine, which we need, you know, crisis management medicine, which we all take at this point. He has a background that's amazing. He's a fellow in many areas, the American Academy of Anti-Aging. He went to Michigan Medical School at the University of Michigan. And out in California in Los Angeles at USC, he did his residency. What a nice place. He left Michigan where it was 20 below zero, and he went to a place that was 70 degrees. Dr. Sestato, how are you doing today? Well, thank you again for having me, both of you, and uh, doing you know fantastically. And um, everything that you you described um, were completely aligned with. And um, you know, it was a journey, quite a journey, and it continues to be uh, personally and for my patients because, as you mentioned, I went through the conventional medical school training, residency training, and it was something where even during medical school, I was even questioning the training in the sense that we had two years of pharmacology and essentially no education in nutrition. Mm-hmm. And when I was a, a young child growing up in East Los Angeles in a very poor community, you know, I would see a lot of uh, illness and family and friends in the community and go to the pharmacy down the corner um, and thought to myself for some reason as a child that I wanted to go into health. I didn't know in what particular category but because I felt a need to be in this particular area and maybe make some kind of impact. And maybe I like the way the pharmacy smelled. I don't know. <laughs> but it, was, it, was, it attracted me. And then I always had poor eyesight, so I was always with the optometrist as well. At one point, I wanted to go into optometry. But it wasn't really until high school where I finally decided maybe I want to go into family practice because I felt at the time I could help more people in this kind of general field of medicine. And then, you know, was fortunate to get into the schools I got into. And um, and so once I finished all my training and went into uh, an HMO here in Los Angeles, um, I was doing family practice for about a decade. But during that decade, again, it was always a situation where I was kind of a restless soul. And I kept thinking, I thought I could do something better. In other words, I'm great at 
giving the prescriptions, managing disease, keeping disease stable, right. until it hit me and I had my epiphany. Wait a minute, that sounds like an oxymoron, keeping disease stable. Yeah. Exactly. And then, I, right, and then I truly felt that MD stood for managing disease. <laughs> I never thought of yes. that, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. What, it's what we is. So the point is, is that um, I was becoming more dispirited and disgruntled. And finally, I told my wife, who I met at the time when she was a pediatric nurse in my residency program, and then she went on to get her master's in, in culinary school training. And the point is, is that I told her I'm going to quit medicine. I'm miserable, and all I feel like I'm doing is being a legalized drug pusher. And I felt like the drug pushers in my community growing up as a kid. And I said, except I wear a white coat and... <laughs> Uh, and I have a license to do it. Mm. I went, so I went to a conference, um, I want to say like 2000, when I was still working at Kaiser, and um, it was an alternative medicine conference. I did not know really what alternative medicine was at the time, and it was called complementary medicine as well. Yes. And um, it was uh, a room full of doctors, and I called them at the time. They were like my, my fellow um, renegades. descendants and renegades <laughs> and rebels, <laughs> yeah. right, from the medical community. And there was a neurologist giving a lecture, and he was talking about the top 10 causes of death in this country. And behind uh, strokes and heart disease and, and cancers, number four was, after a drum roll, um, it was pharmaceutical prescriptions taken yeah. as prescribed. And I thought, Boom, there's my light bulb moment. I knew I was doing something that was off. I do want to say this, though. It's not that I'm anti-medicine, uh, right. but my point is, is I truly believe that our Western medical system is good for tertiary care, care right before death versus the other 90% of prevention where I think we fail horribly. Mm. And that's where I felt I needed to just get out of this conventional system and do something differently. So that's when I started training in what we're not taught in medical school, nutrition, uh, regenerative medicine, stem cells, um, detoxification, and really teaching people how to um, empower themselves versus what I truly believe our medical system is very disempowering. You're going to see me every three months. I'm going to give you your prescriptions. I'm going to do your labs. Yeah. Your labs are always going to say you're normal, even though you feel like crap. <laughs> and then you're going to see me in three months for your other refills, and on and on and on goes the vicious cycle. Yeah. And so I, that's what I crawled away from. And now what I've been doing is helping people reverse what I truly believe is the pandemic, and that is the pandemic of chronic metabolic disease, you obesity, diabetes, cancers, strokes, heart disease. And I approach it through whole foods, whole food detoxification, bioidentical hormone therapy, which is plant-based, and a lot of the concepts that you adopt uh, at uh, your fantastic institution. And, um, and so this inspired me to then write a book called What the F is Wrong with Our Health because, um, because it's part of my language and I wanted to write a book that was very real in terms of a doctor speaking this way because I do use a lot of you know, foul language, but kind of in a humorous way, but in a very real way. And my whole point to that is that it's, it's a book that I'm hoping does connect with people to give them the truth and that health comes from toxins in our mind, our body, our spirit, and that's what we have to work on removing so that we can go towards a path of healing, uh, which I don't believe is part of the, the medical system. And, and, and lastly, I wanted to say, because this relates a lot to the name of your institution, in my book, I put how when we graduate medical school, you have to take the Hippocratic Oath, and I truly believe it's become the hypocritical oath because <laughs> we don't 
practice food as medicine. We practice drugs as medicine. And food has become obsolete in terms of nutrition. Yes. Well, boy, you have said it exactly like we feel it, live yes. it. And it's great. So we're going to be back with you. We're going to talk about what it was like growing up in your neighborhood in sure. Los Angeles. And yes, it may have been the fragrance in the pharmacy, but I'm sure you had a lot more in your heart to do. We're going to be right back. poetic i'm so pathetic that i always have found it best instead of getting them off my chest to let them rest unexpressed i hate parading my serenading as i'll probably miss a bar but if this ditty is not so pretty at least it'll tell you how great you are you're the top you're the coliseum you're the top you're the louvre museum you're a melody from a symphony by Strauss. You're a band of bonnet, a Shakespeare sonnet. You're Mickey Mouse. You're the Nile. You're the Tower of Pisa. You're the smile on the Mona Lisa. I'm a worthless check, a total wreck, a flop. But if baby on the bottom, you're the This is Anna Maria from Hippocrates. And this is Brian Clement from Hippocrates, talking to all of you here in South Florida. Thank God the pandemic is in the pan and fried. So we have opened up fully at Hippocrates Health Institute, our salon, at literally has missed it with probiotic, as is our store, as is our therapy building. And we welcome you to come and visit us and be our guest in either the Life Transformation Program or the Fitness Program or the Comprehensive <laughs> Cancer Program or just come by to figure out how to live the rest of your life. Now back to Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates on Legends 100.3. Call for your tour today, 561-471-8876 or visit HippocratesHealthInstitute.org. Now here are the hosts of Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates, Anna Maria and Brian Clement. Hello, this is Brian and Anna Maria Clement. And we are here with Dr. Testado today from Pasadena, Los Angeles area of California. And it's been refreshing 
and extraordinary to listen to a medical doctor who had an awakening and his awakening brought him back to the basics. And I'm sure that his colleagues, our colleagues in medicine all over the world, really yearn for this because you can't be fulfilled by having no communication with your patients, writing prescriptions as the only answer, and watching people in many, many cases get worse. We can't abandon and should not abandon modern medicine, but we really need to fix it. And one of the things Dr. Testata said that was really the, the big sound that awakened him was he was at a conference 20 years ago and the physician that was speaking at that point correctly said that one of the top killers are pharmaceutical medicines and medical mistakes. Uh, today, it's risen to the third killer in the United States. Heart disease and cancer supersedes it, but what happens in your hospitals and in many physicians' offices, and certainly uh, with the pharmaceutical insistence of drug therapy, that's what's happening. So as we went to break, we want to talk to you about what it was like as a little guy. I know the area of Los Angeles you grew up in, and it certainly wasn't uh, Beverly Hills, let's put it that way. And yeah, tell, us, tell us what it was like growing up in that wonderful community where family was important, and you saw a lot that others never got to see, and why you really think you chose to be a physician. Well, you know, it was um, a community known as Boyle Heights, which um, in the turn of the last century, early 20s, 1930s or about, it was more like a, a Jewish ghetto. Mm -hmm. And soon uh, it evolved thereafter to more of a lot of Mexican immigrants. I'm Mexican, myself, Mexican-American. My parents were actually born uh, in the United States. My father in Manhattan in the 1920s. It must have been very rare to see a Mexican in Manhattan in those times. Yes. And, uh, and then my mother was born in California. However, at very young ages, their families decided to go back to Mexico, where my grandparents were born. Mm. And then in, in their late teens, they decided as individuals to move back to the United States, and they met in Los Angeles, and where I grew up in, in Boyle Heights, which is, a, as I said, a poor community. Um, and what was interesting, because there was a certain diversity in that you had old uh, Russian families old uh, Japanese-American families who experienced a lot of internment camp situations. Uh, and, and then but I would say easily 90% of both uh, first and second generation uh, Mexican families, including ourselves. And so uh, the irony was I never felt poor because I didn't know any contrast. I never went out okay. of my neighborhoods. But that being said, you know, going to the public school system, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, going to the local pharmacies and then the optometrist, um, uh, it was a situation where I saw family gatherings where this uncle or this aunt would always be complaining about this particular ailment on this particular medication. And that kind of became the bond of conversation, like on weekends after church and, and this sort of thing. And so it really impacted me because even as a young child, I did notice how we ate 
and um, there's a lot of beans and, and rice and, and even vegetables. And in reality, there's kind of a wholesomeness to it. Yeah. But then over time, I did notice an infusion of processed foods and then fast foods becoming more available in the neighborhood where we did have more of fast food liquor store type places, establishments, and not markets we could get fresh foods as much. And so we had to rely on whatever was available at the supermarkets and uh, the small supermarkets. Yeah. And um, so, so they won super. And um, <laughs> so, um, so it was a point where I would even make fun sometimes of my own family or, or how my community ate because a lot of it was heavy processed meats. And I remember growing up with this thing called chorizo, which is also in Spain. But the point is, is that when you look at the ingredients and you realize about lymph nodes and hoofs, and it, it becomes laughable and grotesque at the same time. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and, and then these canned meats, and I'm thinking, what is all this? And then I, for some reason, I just felt in my, in my youth that I had a feeling that food had a lot to do with the obesity and the diabetes and the chronic pain that I was seeing in family members and, and, and in the community as a whole. And so I think that's what inspired me going through school and seeing that maybe I could make some kind of a, of a difference. Uh, and uh, perhaps I wasn't thinking of it in this kind of refined manner, but I just thought that I think this is what my calling is. I think this is what I need to do. And I've always liked science, but I've also, also liked the arts at the same time. And so I was kind of a quirky kid. And, um, but more than anything, I think it was that influence of the family conversations, seeing the, the family, uh, or I should say the, the local community, uh, health care, community doctors, and I always found them to be uh, kind of a positive thing at the time in terms of people who really want to be helpful, and it inspired me to go in this direction. And, uh, and, and, and in retrospect, what's kind of ironic is that going through the traditional medical system gave me, as I say, my negative contrast to know what I did not want to do. Yeah. But it took me all that journey to realize, okay, that's not what I want. I'm going to make a U-turn so that I could go back to what I thought as a child, and that is incorporate food as medicine, which is, I think, a 2,000-year-old idea, if I understand correctly. You took the oath. Right? But you know what's strange? I actually didn't go to my medical school graduation. I wanted to come home and just relax, so I skipped out on it. So I didn't actually take the hypocritical oath. Patty was <laughs> You were good. You know, it's amazing what you said, and, and it's true. I recall as a boy that doctors were really a significant part of the community that we loved and we respected. And that's why most of us get into that work. But right. somehow, when you're corrupted and you lose your f passion mm. and you're not being fulfilled, yeah. can you imagine if you didn't jump ship and what it would have been like in 10 years and 20 years and how literally <laughs> uh, crass, there's no other word for it, you'd be with your patients because if we don't love what we do, we're not good at what we do. We're going to be right back in a minute and talk more about the future of medicine, healthcare, and how you can really, really out there take charge of your life. Be right back. Every kiss, every hug, seems to act just like a drug. 
You're getting to be a habit with me Let me stay in your arms I'm addicted to your charms You're getting to be a habit with me I used to think your love was something that I Could take or leave alone But now I just can't do without my supply I need you for my own No, I can't break away I must have you every day As regularly as coffee or tea You've got me in your clutches And I can't break free You're getting to be a habit with me Can't break it You're getting to be a habit with me This is Anna Maria from Hippocrates. And this is Brian Clement from Hippocrates, talking to all of you here in South Florida. Thank God the pandemic is in the pan and fried. So we have opened up fully at Hippocrates Health Institute, our salon, at literally has missed it with probiotic, as is our store, as is our therapy building. And we welcome you to come and visit us and be our guest in either the Life Transformation Program or the Fitness Program or the Comprehensive (laughs) Cancer Program or just come by to figure out how to live the rest of your life. Now back to Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates on Legends 100.3. Call for your tour today, 561-471-8876 or visit HippocratesHealthInstitute.org. Now here are the hosts of Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates, Anna Maria and Brian Clement. This is Health, Happiness, and Healing with Anna Maria. And Brian Clement, right here from the lofts of 100.3. And today we're beaming in from the West Coast, Dr. Testata, and we talked about his inspiration uh, to become a physician. We talked about 20 years ago, he had an awakening, and I don't think it was crude, it was a kind awakening. And now we're going to speak about the really most important part of this story and how happy he is to watch his patients get better. Why don't you give us a story or two about what has happened since you've abandoned the conventional way to do it and now lifestyle and non-invasive treatments are your technologies. Tell us the story. Well, um, I went in this direction also for probably selfish reasons in that at the time, uh, when I was at Kaiser doing conventional family practice, I had issues of obesity. I had high cholesterol levels, chronic fatigue. And, and here I knew about the side effects of medication, uh, particularly lipid-lowering agents like statins. And so I thought, I don't want to take these drugs. 
And then I had the afterthought, but then why am I prescribing them? So I was calling myself out and I was getting rid of my ego. And I said, if I'm going to be true to who I am and find my purpose in life, it better be consistent with myself and the person I'm treating. Yeah. So that was my impetus to get out of family practice and go in this whole direction. And so I had a patient a few years back, now that I'm in regenerative medicine, he had diabetes, obesity, um, hypertension, and he told me that his sister was his personal physician, so she would give him his prescriptions. Mm. I said, fine. I said, but now you are going to be on my side of the fence, and we're going to go through a food detox, and through this process, we're going to help you um, get rid of medication over time, and your sugars and your blood pressure are going to normalize, and your weight is going to come down to a, a weight that you can live with, with health and vitality. So he was on board with this whole notion, understanding that this is different from conventional medicine, but it was going to be something, again, this 2,000-year-old concept of food becoming your medicine. And so in, in two weeks' time, his sugars came down to actually normal, mm. as did his blood pressure, and in two weeks, he lost about 16 pounds of toxic weight. So at that time, two weeks into the program, he went to go see his sister, the medical doctor, and his sister, as he reported to me later, checked his blood, checked his glucose, and she said, your sugar's normal, your blood pressure's normal, and I see you've lost weight. She said, something's wrong here. This is not normal. Exactly. When you lose weight, they think you're sick. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says to this, uh, her brother, my patient, you are supposed to be on medication the rest of your life. Yeah. You're supposed to be diabetic. And so, oh. boom, there was his epiphany. Mm -hmm. And so then he came to me and reported this to me, and he said, by the way, my sister thinks you're a quack. Yeah. And I said, well, you know what? That's not the first time I've heard that. Mm -hmm. I said, but tell you what, would you rather have a quack who's reversing your disease or a conventional doctor who's just maintaining you diabetic and hypertensive? I said, now, that's going to be your choice. But that being said, I'm not going to be insulted here because I'm a medical doctor, and your sister has her uh, perception of me because she doesn't know. She's ignorant. With all due respect, she's ignorant. And the medical system is ignorant and or manipulated. Mm -hmm. It depends how you want to look at it. So it's both. I don't think doctors sign up and say, okay, I want to be a bad guy and just you know keep people sick. No, no. I think people go in with the intent to want to make people well, not realizing they're working in this model where it is bad food, bad medicine equals chronic disease equals profits. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get away from that and say, no, I sleep better. I became healthier. And I'm like you guys. In fact, you're my mentors. I don't look my age either. And it's because what I adopted in terms of wholesome eating, I, I ate more Mediterranean, all the good fats, the produce, the, the legumes, all this kind of stuff, my red wine. And so the point is, is I tell people, you have to find health within wholesome foods that you like if you want to be vegan, if you want to be vegetarian. The point is, is to be balanced in this versus what most people, at least in this country, eat in that, what I call the crap food diet because it's all processed <laughs> yep. and they're not, they're not getting anything real in their bodies. So that being said, I'm glad there's a movement that started before pandemic and now even coming up more during the pandemic. And that is people just growing their own foods at home that's as organic as it gets. And I always tell people, like when I grew up as a kid, the best fruit I ate were off the trees of my neighbor. The apricots and the peaches would explode in your mouth with juice and flavor. And the tomatoes or whatever it is that was growing in the backyard. And I tell people that could be your source of food going forward, at least part of it, so that you never feel that it's going to become scarce and you're, you're empowering yourself.
So I think food, food movements during this pandemic have been powerful because I think they will inspire people mm-hmm. to adopt this lifestyle going forward. And, and there are a lot of people around the country making food forests, edible gardens. And there's this great guy named Ron Finley out of Compton, where, you know, a similar uh, area that I grew up in. And he calls himself a gangster gardener. And now he's one of these master teachers of growing your own kale and vegetables for your kids. Because either you give your kids Captain Crunch or you give them vegetables and right. you'll see how they excel mm. with, the, with the whole foods. Yeah, I mean, we, we go through this with every guest that comes to our institute. And they're so amazed what happens. Give it a week, give it two, give it three. You know, in 21 right. days, yeah. it's uh, a different a, story. A lot of you are listening. That was a poignant story where somebody's mm. sister, this yeah. is blood. Yeah basically was angry because he recovered. Yeah. She was pissed. Yeah, <laughs> well, family is usually the toughest. And here you know? she is in your neighborhood. She should have gotten in a car and come over and said, how did you do this? Mm. Because, you know, her mindset, I'm sure, is that that's an incurable disease. And I've never seen a type 2 diabetic not recover if they do what they should be doing. Right. It's not a disease. It's a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. And as you know, cardiovascular yes. disease. Yes. You know, 96, 97 percent of it is not a disease. It's a lifestyle choice. And by the way, cancer is a lifestyle choice. And, you know, know, when you get it, it's a whole different story. But if your lifestyle was amenable with reality, you would not ever have cancer. So how do people get a hold of you? You know, people out in Los Angeles area, people who visit L.A., uh, how do they get a hold of you? Well, uh, they could go to our website, which is theibody.com, T H E letter I-B-O-D-Y, the iBody.com, and in it, they'll find our phone number, which is 626-593-5993. Say that again. Look at the Say services. That. Say that Sure, absolutely. Again. Area code 626-593-5993, and uh, they could come and say hello and uh, get rid of their chronic anger and chronic frustration once uh-huh. they realize, oh my God, I could feel good again, which mm-hmm. is true. It's they go through their own epiphany. It's like, damn it, I didn't like to feel this good again in my life. They mm-hmm. gave up. Mm-hmm. And true. what you're doing and what we're doing is we are infusing hope, but more than hope, we're making it a reality for them. Yes. That's true. And I understand you have a podcast. How do people get, listen to that? Yes. So the podcast is on the platform online known as healthylife.net. And my show is called Truth on Wellness which airs on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So they just go to Truth on Wellness, uh, I'm sorry, uh, healthylife.net, and then the show Truth on Wellness. So that's 2 p.m. East Coast time, or if you're in Europe listening to us today, that could be anywhere between 5 to 7 o'clock, depending on where you are on the continent. Well, every once in a while, it's a big pleasure for us to have Mm, a guest on like you. And today, you certainly gave us an A-plus in pleasure. Mm. So thanks for being on with us today. Happy people to have your service. That's right. Really lucky. Thank you. Until next week. Keep up the good work. You also. (laughs) Until next week, everyone just lay back and have some perspective on life. You are completely, absolutely capable of achieving anything you want to achieve. You just have to believe in one person, not a hundred, one, you. Be back next week. Thanks for listening to Health, Happiness, and Healing with Hippocrates on Legends 100.3. Call for your tour today, 561-471-8876, or visit HippocratesHealthInstitute.org.